the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. KDOW. Streaming now on iHeart.com and the Odyssey app. Sponsored by the Law Office of Robert Bergman. Welcome to Plan Your Estate Radio with your host, San Jose Estate Planning Attorney Bob Bergman. Bob's been practicing law for over 40 years and is certified by the State Bar of California as a legal specialist in estate planning, trust, and probate law. Bob is here to help you set your house in order with valuable insights you can use today to prepare a better tomorrow for your loved ones. And now your host for Plan Your Estate Radio, Attorney Bob Bergman. Hi, good afternoon and welcome to the show. This is estate planning attorney Bob Bergman broadcasting from my office in San Jose, California. And uh, I'm going to, uh, first of all, let you all know there that the effort to get a repeal of Proposition 19 on the November ballot was not successful. Uh, They fell short of the number of uh, registered voters signing the petitions so it will not be on the ballot, but I know that they're not going to stop. Um, they're not going to stop efforts to get it on the ballot. And if not this year, then uh, maybe whenever there is another election coming up, even a special election, then maybe um, they'll be able to get it on the ballot that time. So I'm going to dive right in to the show here. Uh, following my usual format, which is to uh, go over a number of questions and comments from around the state of California. And what that means is I take uh, fact situations that people have uh, have actually posted and I describe the situation. Then I do a little legal analysis of the situation and how I might respond if the person came into my office. And my hope is that in doing this, you will get better educated about estate planning and issues in estate planning, maybe dispel some of the myths that are out there about estate planning and wills and trusts and things like that, because there's a lot of misinformation out there about that. Uh, both people sharing something they heard from someone who heard from someone who heard from someone, and even websites that are actually uh, not accurate information. So I try to provide as accurate information as possible on my show here, and that starts with today. So, excuse me, I had to reach for something there. There we go. Okay. So the first thing I'm going to cover is a situation out of Coarse Gold, California. I'm not sure where that is. I'm guessing it's in the gold country here in California because of a name like Coarse Gold, California. 
But here is the situation. Says, my mother just passed on March 13th, 2022. So that means this is real recent. My sister set up an irrevocable special needs trust. There's over $2 million in assets. My sister said she set up the trust with two amendments that exclude all benefits except for medical needs. She said she wouldn't even buy toilet paper for me because the trust is for me and my wife could use the toilet paper. First of all, I'm not disabled. And is the trust fraudulent and how do I contest it? I'm on Medicaid and Medicare. I'm 70 years old and fully oriented. And then the person goes into a bunch of detail about all the things that he can do. Uh, But here's the deal. If the person is on Medicaid and they're 70, that means that Medicaid is paying for their health insurance. And it's likely that um, that their income is very low. And this person said uh, they have very low Social Security income. And uh, the wife, uh, like $646, his wife makes double that amount, which means between them, they're making about $2,000 a month. That's not very much. The, um, the, the key is this. If the sisters set up an irrevocable special needs trust, that's probably because that's what it's said to do in the mother's trust for this son. And and so it's not that the sister set it up. It's that the sister followed the instructions in the mother's trust as to what to do. And this reference to my sister said she set up the trust with two amendments that exclude benefits. Well, the sister could not make those amendments to the trust to somehow exclude benefits for her brother. The amendments would have had to have been done by the mother. And if the mother did those amendments, then uh, the trust says what the trust says. I don't know that this person has any real grounds for fighting about this. Uh, If he's on Medicaid, it sounds more like the mother was advised in order to avoid your son losing his Medicaid benefits for his health insurance. You should not leave anything directly to him, but instead it should be left in this special kind of trust form. Now, I do that as part of planning that I do Uh, for families that have a special needs person. In this case, uh, the person is probably on Medicaid, which is Medi-Cal here in California, because they have insufficient income, and that's how they get their health insurance. That does mean, however, that if they're left a substantial amount of money, and it's saying $2 million in assets is a lot of money, that would immediately cause them to lose eligibility for Medi-Cal, thereby losing their health insurance. And now they would have to buy and pay for health insurance on their own. Now, with $2 million in assets, you can probably pay for health insurance for yourself. But the point is, it sounds like the mother was given advice to not leave things directly to her son so that he would not lose his 
Medi-Cal health insurance benefits. That being said, I don't know why there would be a limit to just medical needs um, because uh, typically a trust like this is set up to supplement whatever benefits the person's receiving. Um, There may be things that they need beyond medical needs that the government is not paying for and that they don't have the money for. And typically a trust like this would have a broader authority than just limiting to medical needs. Instead, it would indicate it can supplement whatever um, whatever resources the person has as long as what they're supplementing is not something the government is paying for. In this case, it's only the health insurance that's being paid for, which means monies could be used to pay for housing, uh, to pay for uh, education. There's a lot of things that monies could be used for if the trust provides for that. Okay, out of Templeton, California, another town. I have no idea where it is in California. We have a lot of towns here in California that are small, that are all over the state that I'm sure you've never heard of and I know I've never heard of. This person would says, says, my husband and I are the grantors and trustees of our joint trust. We'd like our son to be able to help us with our financial affairs at times. Um, We want to add our son as a co-trustee. We're not sure what to say in the amendment to make it clear that we're appointing him as current co-trustee to serve with us and not a successor. Well, you do just that. We're appointing our son, John, as co-trustee with us. Then I would go back to the places that have accounts and things owned by the trust and add the son John on as a co-trustee so he has authority to handle things for you. So we're coming up on the first break of our show today. When we come back, I will continue with more Plan Your Estate Radio. This is estate planning attorney Bob Bergman, and I'll see you on the other side of our break. Streaming now on TuneIn.com and the Odyssey app. AM 1220 KDOW. This is Plan Your Estate Radio with San Jose estate planning attorney Bob Bergman on AM 1220 KDOW. And welcome back to the second segment of our show today. I'm going to continue with more... uh, I'm going to continue with with more Plan Your Estate Radio here with more questions and comments from around the state of California. And uh, let me go here with the next one here. Uh, Next one here is from Yorba Linda, California. Okay. Person says, trustee will not answer questions? What can I do to have my questions answered? I'm one of two beneficiaries. My questions are not unreasonable and are trust questions that any responsible beneficiary might ask. The trustee, if he does respond to me, tells me to call the estate planning attorney with my questions, but the attorney made it clear to me he represents the trustee and cannot help me. Is this a red flag of a bad trustee? Can he refuse to talk to me about my parents' trust? It's more of a red flag of a trustee that doesn't understand some of the trustee's responsibilities. The attorney's absolutely right. Uh, As an attorney that represents trustees, 
in administration of trust after someone died, I will tell you that unless the trustee specifically authorizes me as an attorney to talk with a beneficiary and answer their questions, I can't do that. Uh, And I would want it in writing from the trustee saying it's okay for me to do that. Because, in fact, I do represent the trustee in the administration, not the beneficiaries. That being said, the trustee is the one that has the legal obligation to uh, make sure that they keep the beneficiaries informed and really should be answering the questions of the beneficiary. And, and that even applies if the trustee and the beneficiary don't particularly get along because... You know what? The court doesn't really care if you get along or not. They care what the law requires. And the law requires the uh, the trustee of a trust to keep the beneficiaries informed. Now, that doesn't mean that the uh, the trustee has to call the beneficiary every time something happens and doesn't have to answer you know, pick up the phone and answer the phone every time a beneficiary calls. But it does mean that the trustee does have an obligation to answer questions um, unless they are questions that go to, um, that are intended to attack the trustee for some reason, in which case the trustee would probably advise the beneficiary, you need to get your own legal counsel and have your attorney deal with my attorney. Um, That's why we have attorneys. Okay, here's one that is actually, sounds kind of simple on the surface, but it's actually potentially very complicated underneath. This is out of San Pablo, California, which, as I recall, is in the East San Francisco Bay Area. I think I've driven through there a few times over the years. Okay, and here... The person saying or asking, do I have to hire a probate lawyer? A man I was taking care of made a revocable living trust. um, And my name was on it. He had four children. He didn't leave his home to them. He left it to me. The title company told me I had to have a probate lawyer. I need to know why. Okay, there's a lot of possible things going on here, but um, if there is a trust that says, I leave the trust to, um, you know, John leaves the trust to Jane, then that means if Jane's the successor trustee, Jane has to do some paperwork to clear John's name off the title of the house typically an affidavit of death of trustee or change of trustee, change of trustee being due to death, with a certified copy of a death certificate um, in order to clear the title. But there may be a bigger issue here that I don't know that the title company um, raised an issue because they saw this, but the bigger issue is a man I was taking care of and here's the deal. Not the man that I was a registered domestic partner with, not the man I was married with, the man I was taking care of. And that sounds like this person was a caregiver, uh, meaning a caregiver under the law. If, you, if, if this person was taking care of the man, 
then under the law, a caregiver, unless they are pretty much an immediate relative, cannot be left property by a trust without the ability to have that challenged. What the law really requires is what's called a certificate of independent review, meaning an attorney has sat down with this person, gone over their proposed gift, and made sure they're not acting under undue influence or fraud or duress or menace. They're not being threatened in some way. And they really do intend to leave this property to this caregiver. Um, And this applies if the gift is more than $5,000. Well, clearly a house qualifies for being more than $5,000. The children, if they find out about this, the children will probably challenge the trust Uh, challenge the gift being made in the trust if the person was, in fact, a caregiver. And there's a very good chance they will be successful in challenging it in court and having that gift voided by the court because it didn't comply with the law. Uh, So so that is one of those kind of obscure things that a lot of people are not aware of. And whenever I have clients that come to me and say, well, I'd like to leave $10,000 to my housekeeper or whatever, I say, okay, we need to do an independent review. And I have a colleague of mine that will do independent reviews, actually talk with my client to confirm that's really what they want, and then issue a certificate of independent review that can then go in the files to show that the person my client was advised, and I do independent reviews for him occasionally when he has clients that are in similar situations. So theoretically, the same attorney doing the planning can do the independent review, but it's considered the better practice would be to have an independent attorney do that independent review so that it is less likely to be able to be challenged successfully in the future. Uh, Since I'm a board-certified specialist in estate planning and my colleague in another firm is also a board-certified specialist, the opinions of two board-certified specialists will carry a lot of weight in the court, and it's not likely that a challenge would be very successful to the wishes of the person who decided to leave that gift to a caregiver. We're coming up on the mid-show break. When we come back, I'll continue with more Plan Your Estate Radio and questions and comments from around this great state of California. This is Attorney Bob Bergman, and I'll see you on the other side of the break. Now, back to Plan Your Estate Radio with Attorney Bob Bergman. Hi, welcome back. Um, in the commercial break, I was actually uh, chatting with Mike, who uh, is uh, pretty high up at the station. He's acting as my sound engineer today, and he was going through a number of sounds that he had, you know, buttons for, and uh, and he had Chewbacca on there, and I was tempted to have Chewbacca start this. There we go. Um, was that over the air, Mike, or was that just, just for me? Over the air. Okay, well, that was Chewbacca, and uh, 
I was just commenting, it would have been absolutely fantastic if my show was two days ago, because then I could have led with Chewbacca and said, may the fourth be with you. (laughs) Yes, I know. It's very bad, but it's a really big deal if you go to Disneyland or Disney World where they have the Star Wars land. They have special things going on at both places on May the 4th. And I think for a few days they have a little mini celebration going on. Um, I would have liked to have been there to experience that because I I do like Star Wars. Um, I remember seeing Star Wars in the theater when it first came out. And, uh, and yeah, there we go. Presenting estate planning attorney, Bob Bergman, host of Plan Your Estate Radio. Okay, Mike, cut it. All right. So enough levity. I think sometimes you just have to have a little bit of fun on a show like this. Otherwise, it gets kind of boring. So uh, I'm definitely going to pull this one out uh, to use it at a later time. So. Getting back to questions and comments from around. The, I'm sorry, that, that was just, that was a lot of fun. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Uh, some questions and comments. This is out of Calabasas, California, which, as I recall, is in the northern San Fernando Valley. Uh, the the north, north L.A., in other words. And uh, the person's asking... Uh, my parent wants to use a quitclaim deed to transfer, or my parents want to use a quitclaim deed to transfer their home to me and my brother. If we use it, would we be subject to a due-on-sale clause? Also, would the quitclaim deed help protect our home if anyone came after my parents for their assets? Two questions, excellent questions. It sounds like the parents have a home that has a mortgage on it. And kind of if they were to quit claim the house to the the two brothers. Excuse me. <coughs> oh boy. Allergy time. If they were to quit claim the house to thank you. To to the two brothers, they uh what would happen Besides the potential issue of a reassessment under Proposition 19, if there's a mortgage, that might trigger the due-on-sale or due-on-transfer clause in the mortgage. It's certainly something they shouldn't consider doing without checking first with the lender that the lender won't have an issue with that. But if it is transferred away, and now the two brothers do own the property, if the parents later on were sued for some reason, and this is something where they did not have any idea that there was a lawsuit coming or something like that, if they knew it or it was waiting and they try and transfer the property away, that's not going to work. But if they do it long before there's any kind of claim against them for their assets, the house would no longer be an asset of the parent and could be protected from liability. That's kind of a very general statement I made there. And uh, and I will say that uh, you'd have to have a lot more information than what was presented to me here. But that would generally be the case. If the parents don't literally don't own the property anymore, it really is not available to be taken by a creditor they may have in the future. Okay, 
Here is a situation out of Bonsal, or Bonsal, California, another town I've never heard of. Uh, the person said, I have a trust fund, but I don't know how to access it. My mom told me I have a trust fund through my grandpa, who recently passed away a few years back. I'm not so sure if that's very recent, but passed away a few years back. My brother was able to access his trust fund, and my mother was able to access her trust fund as well. I believe my mom is the trust my trust fund, but I don't get along with my mom. It's been really hard to be able to access my trust. I want to know if it really does exist, and if it does, I need help accessing it. I would start first by demanding of your mother, are you the trustee of a trust fund established by my grandfather? If the answer is yes, then I would insist that the mother provide information about the fund, how much is in there, uh, a copy of whatever trust set up the fund so I know what my rights are and how the property is supposed to be used, and uh, start with that. If that doesn't work, you may have to get an attorney to send a letter to your mother, uh, basically telling her she has obligations as the trustee to keep you, the beneficiary, informed and may also have obligation to provide funds to you based on what the trust says. Failing responding to that, it may be necessary to go to court to have your mother removed as the trustee over your trust fund. Because if she's not willing to follow her obligations under the law and probably her obligations under the trust as well, that's a serious problem because it means that she's not serious about her responsibilities as the trustee. Okay, here we've got one out of Richmond, California. I know where that is, um, uh, in the, up in Contra Costa County, in the, um, the East San Francisco Bay Area. Those of you who live up there, you know what I'm talking about. Others in the Bay Area, if you've never been to Richmond, uh, you should probably go sometime. It's, uh, it's, it's not a bad place at all, at least as I recall, as I remember it. So, it says, My father had a trust drawn up, leaving me in charge of the trust, and then passed away. Wells Fargo Bank is telling me I need a letter of testamentary. Okay, what I'm hearing here is, Dad set up a trust, left child in charge of the trust, Dad passed away. Dad had one or more accounts at Wells Fargo Bank, but probably not titled in the name of Dad's trust. And that's why Wells Fargo is saying, oh, you need letters testamentary, meaning you need to go to court. You need to go to court for probate to get these accounts turned over to Dad's trust. Well, maybe, maybe not. This would be a classic situation for a Hegstat petition. And a Hegstat petition might not even be necessary, depending on what the total value of assets are uh, in Dad's name. Um, that has gone up recently. Um, and and uh, I don't have the number in front of me. I apologize. It's over $180,000 worth of assets in Dad's name. Uh, I think that went up here in April of this year. 
I'd have to go back and check that. But still, it's a fairly good-sized number. Now, if Dad had, um, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars in the bank, um, the, the affidavit procedure available to take over those assets to be turned over to the trust will not be available. But there, it may be possible there in Contra Costa County to do a Hegstat petition with the consent of all the beneficiaries of the trust and do it ex parte. I did one of these just in the last week or so. Um, I have, I'm actually uh, uh, heading up on Monday morning because I was told that my petition was granted. I'm heading up to pick up the court order so that some bank accounts can be turned over to the trust of that person who had died. And that may be what this person can do here as well. And um, that would not involve letters testamentary. It would involve actually going to court for uh, the Hegstat petition. Now here is, here is an example of kind of how not to handle an estate properly. It says, my brother, a single man, died with a valid California trust, but we can't find his will. The paralegal who executed both will and trust on the same date will provide an affidavit to this effect. Uh, however, she does not have a copy of the will, just a draft. Brother's house in Los Angeles was placed in the trust by deed. The trust names numerous beneficiaries, including immediate family. There was a lien against the brother's house for a substantial amount. However, his former partner, now deceased, of course, executed a reconveyance document which would reconvey the property back to my brother and essentially wipe out the lien. That would be what's called a deed of reconveyance, releasing the loan against the property. However, we cannot... find this reconveyance document either, meaning that it was not recorded. It should have been recorded. The former partner is now deceased. Need an estate administration specialist. This is a big mess. And um, I don't even know where to begin with something like this. So I'll just say that there's so many things that went wrong and were not done correctly here. It would take probably the next 10 or 15 minutes to go over all all of that. Suffice it to say, what you just heard is the kind of situation you should not have your, your, your family in. You should have proper planning done and make sure everything is done, stored correctly, and recorded if it needs to be recorded. So we're coming up on the third break of our show today. When we come back, I'll take it on home. With Plan Your State Radio, this is Bob Bergman. KDOW. KDOW. Streaming now on smart speakers and the Odyssey app. Now, back to Plan Your Estate Radio. Once again, your host, estate planning trust and probate law specialist, attorney Bob Bergman. And welcome back. I I, want to thank my guest today, Chewbacca, um, for, for that, you know, there, that's right, I already, okay, Chewy, I already thanked you, um, your gift, okay, your, your gift, you can pick up your gift bag on the way out of, out of the station, okay, Mike, make sure he gets his gift bag, okay, 
Um, Chewbacca has left the building. So I have a few more questions and comments from around the uh, state of California here. And um, let's see, we got one out of Fresno. And this is kind of, this is an interesting one because a lot of things kind of intersect at once. So let me set the stage here. Person says, I'm the successor trustee and remainder beneficiary of my mother's irrevocable trust. My stepfather is the current trustee. My cousin is my stepfather's agent under a power of attorney and is handling all his personal finances, but my stepfather continues to manage my mother's trust. Is this okay? We're not on the best of terms and do not communicate. What a shocker that is. A stepchild and a stepfather don't communicate? Yeah, that does happen now and then, I've heard. I'm not sure how to address the issue or how. Well, here's the deal. Just because someone has an agent handling their personal finances under a power of attorney, first of all, that doesn't mean that they themselves are incapacitated in some way. They may just be doing that because, in this case, the cousin does a really good job handling the finances, and it's just easier to do that. So you can be the trustee on someone's trust while someone else is handling your finances. Nothing wrong with that. Um, Because this person, the stepchild, is the successor trustee and remainder beneficiary, Mother's Irrevocable Trust sounds like a bypass trust, meaning set up to provide income and principal if needed to the stepfather to take care of him for his lifetime. Um, Really, as the successor trustee, you really don't have any say right now. Uh, It's only if the stepfather as current trustee is taking out more than what he needs, then there might be some issues there. Uh, for the stepchild as remainder beneficiary. But um, what's happening is perfectly legal. There's nothing uh, inherently wrong with it. And and it's it's kind of an unusual situation that someone wouldn't be handling their own finances. But it's not unprecedented, I'm sure. Okay, question out of San Jose, California. Uh, my own town here says my parents have a home in Las Vegas with a huge debt. They live in California. When they pass, does the home in Vegas have to be paid off? Would it be from their trust? Well, let's kind of unwrap that. Um, first of all, I would ask, is the home in Vegas in the trust ownership? And is it worth more? than the huge debt against it. If its answers are yes and yes, then the huge debt would have to be paid off unless there is some way for the debt to be assumed by this person when the parents die. Um, Of course, the most direct way to pay off that huge debt is to just sell the home in Las Vegas. And then you're relieved from the debt. Um, But the... The bigger issue is if the huge debt is more than what the house is worth and and they foreclose on it, there might be a judgment for 
for the uh, unpaid amount of the debt, and that might conceivably be pursued against the parents' trust. If there's other assets there, it might be considered a debt of the parents. Um, But there's a lot of different things moving here, a lot of different moving parts, and so it's not real clear just um, just what would need to be done here. But um, kind of uh, in the simplest form, you would be looking at uh, having the having the debt paid off, likely through the sale of the property when the uh, when the last parent passes away. So. We're coming up on the end of our show today. I I think I have roughly a minute and a half to go. Uh, I wanted to repeat a little thing that I said at the beginning, which was the the effort to get a recall of Proposition 19 on the ballot this November was not successful. Um, They unfortunately fell several hundred thousand short of what was needed to get on the ballot, but they did get enough people to force it to be put on the agenda with the legislature in Sacramento. So you could start contacting your representatives in Sacramento and start bugging them about this. Tell them you want to have this uh, reversed. You want to have Proposition 19 um, addressed by the legislature uh, to see if they can't fix the problem, maybe even introducing a constitutional amendment, because unfortunately... Prop 19 became a constitutional amendment and is part of our Constitution now. So, about to wrap it up for today. I hope you all have a great weekend. I'm going with my kids and my wife to their new high school where they're having a welcome to the high school day tomorrow morning. And I'm really looking forward to that. Until next week, this is attorney Bob Bergman, host of Plan Your State Radio. Have a great weekend. You've been listening to Plan Your Estate Radio with estate planning attorney Bob Bergman. For more information on today's program or to schedule a consultation, visit lawbob.com, L-A-W-B-O-B, lawbob.com, or call his office in San Jose, 408-247-0444. That's 408-247-0444. And be sure to tune in next week for more Plan Your Estate Radio with attorney Bob Bergman. Opinions expressed in the preceding program do not necessarily represent the views of the ownership, staff, or management of this station and are for informational purposes only and should not be construed to be legal, financial, or tax advice. Seek appropriate legal advice regarding your particular situation. Attorney Bob Bergman does not offer any guarantees with regard to the outcome of your legal matter. Prior results in other cases do not guarantee a similar outcome in your case. All rights reserved. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.